For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing this evening? We are fantastic. The legend. Yes. I don't know. I'm not even a legend anymore. We're, we're, we're talking to him. Brian Calhoun, one of the fastest men alive to play at, at Wisconsin. At least that's what I think. Dude, you, I was thinking about this. Two different things. One, if you played in 2004, I think we, we go to the Rose Bowl. That, you redshirted that year? Yeah. Had yeah. to sit out because of NCAA transfer rules. Yeah. Which is lunacy when the rules yeah, wouldn't are happen right now. now. Wouldn't happen look, now. Look at the rules now, right? <laughs> Dude, in 04, listen, I might not have had the Penn State game, but you would have dominated, and then we would have won at Iowa for sure. Once AD got hurt, dude, it was over. Um so I was thinking about that, and then I just forgot what the second thing I was thinking of. But I love you nonetheless. Thank you for being here. Uh, if I think about it, I, I, I'll let you know. But, dude, oh four, I didn't even realize, like, you redshirted. You were the, one of the best dudes on our team, and you had the redshirt that year. And now you can transfer yeah. anywhere you want Yeah, in this whole country. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, 2004 was a pretty remarkable year, right? Like, I think it was, it was cool just to be part of a, of a different team and get to know a bunch of new guys, but also just that season was so hot, right? Like, you know, we start off out the gate nine and all and, and the, the fumble return by Sparky against Purdue, like it was a pretty cool season and, you know, get to, you know, I was on scout team, but getting to go against guys like, you know, Jimmy Leonard and that that D-line that all of them ended up playing in the NFL, like, it was pretty remarkable to be around, and I think that definitely set up my career in a positive way in the next year in 2005. Did you have to set up that season for track, too? So, no. So, it's it's the NCAA. <laughs> oh, the NCAA. They, Do what they want. It's, it's yeah. Um, so, any other sport, you know, basketball excluded, any other sport, you can participate right away. Um, and I'm glad they kind of got rid of that rule for the at least the, the one-time transfer. I think that's fair because um, coaches leave all the time, right? Oh, so yeah. I think I think that's fair. And then um, so I, I was able to compete in track, which is awesome. Um, and then, you know, obviously Joe Joe threw on the track team, so that was cool to be around him a lot. So um, that had a good experience. I mean, I, I can't complain anything about it. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. And as always, Bet Online has you covered. 
from odds, scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. So head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Wait, BC, I, I got my second thought. I, I, I remembered it. Dude, your skill set was so far ahead of the time. Like, if you were 10 years later, You'd be like the the receiving back, you know, that's that's in the NFL that plays 10 years catching footballs, running routes, and then they're like, down like Bernie and I were talking about this. Like you're you you're like the original version of Austin Eckler. It's it's crazy because I look at you know, James White I, before James White. Right. Even when I, I go to sometimes I stop up mass and watch practice or or talk to Paul, and it's like we weren't running jet sweeps, we weren't running <laughs> Lot anything really out of shotgun like the offense now compared to what it was 15 years ago 17 years ago completely different and I, I think that you know my skill set at the time like you said probably was a little bit um in the future or futuristic because you know I was able to catch balls out of, out of the backfield I was able to, to run screens run routes and there weren't a lot of whole lot of guys in, in the game at that time doing that stuff but I look now and I kind of laugh I'm like man I would have loved to play in this time because I would have freaking tore it up. But it was good. I'm not, I can't complain. Like, you know, the office we had was explosive. We had a bunch of playmakers, Jonathan or Brandon Williams, B. White, uh, Owen Daniels, like Poles. Like we had some guys. Um, so it was, it was that was a fun year and it was a fun offense to be a part of. Yeah, but – Yes, I completely agree. You didn't mention me because I got hurt. I know you're going to make fun of me for it. It's not my fault. I tried my hardest. But, dude, it was just electric. You were just um, like just a different back than I think the NCAA has seen at the time. Like when you showed up, dude, you weren't a big guy. No. And you were tough. Like you, we ran through between the tackles. Like that's pretty much all we did. And you were doing it. Yeah. Like there was not like toss it to BC and let him run outside. It was like power, yeah. power, and power. At, and at that time, it was Wisconsin run game was a true power run game, right? And so I'm I'm a buck ninety five, maybe two hundred on a on a good day after a full breakfast. Like, I mean, we ran power, power, power right, power left. But I will say this: one of the toughest players I ever played with was Matt Bernstein. And the reason why I say that, although he didn't play that full year. He was hurt during Michigan game, and he was out there hobbling around, throwing blocks, putting his head into it, which nowadays would be targeting, head into it, shoulder into it. Um, so I do appreciate that, Bernie, because I feel like that Michigan game in 05 is, is one of the classics of, of not only Wisconsin history, but obviously Coach Alvarez's history because that was it was a cool game. At night game, we weren't ranked, so we're still kind of relatively on the radar. Um, that was a pretty sweet game. And I, I'm still sick that Paul called the quarterback draw on the last play. 
because that was my touchdown, not John's. We talked no, with Stock kidding. about that play. No, we we, we talked at enough. length with Stock about that play. <laughs> we did. He because Stocko Stock was like, "Wait, what's the play you like did it on the hand <laughs> no, signal?" Because no, no. like you, I don't even know if we ever called. I don't think you know. You go to camp and you call like you try to do some like exotic plays. I don't remember ever being in the game or even watching and being like quarterback draw. I am pretty sure we he never ran a quarterback draw all year. It was Tyler probably sure, who did. I'm pretty sure. I remember, yeah, in the huddle, Stock was like, what did you call? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, we might even just drew it up on the sideline because I don't ever remember repping a quarterback draw. I don't remember. But it was a great call. It caught him off guard. He pretty much walked in. Um, and still the deal in a great game. So um, that was that was a pretty pretty cool environment to be in. Yeah, I mean, just, just the whole night game thing. I mean, I, I've told Bernie, like, that play and Bernie's game against Penn State are, like, my two, like, most seared in my memory, like, Camp Randall Stadium moments. So that's that's pretty sweet. But we want to go – we want to go back to young Brian. We want to start deep. back with deep, oh, deep, let's deep. go back. So – how so you went to Oak Creek High School, right? You went to Oak Creek, but did you were not born in Wisconsin, correct? You were born in, in Atlanta. Yep. And how old were you when you moved up to Wisconsin? So I, I grew up a military kid, so I, I moved all over the place. Um, and so I originally was born in Atlanta, but I lived in Tennessee for a bunch of years. Um, my parents' family's from there. My dad was on a ship in the Navy for a while, so we lived there and then, um, we ended up moving to Wisconsin. Um, didn't know anything about Wisconsin. I was about 12, 13. Um, and so I, and it's funny because I didn't really, and there, a lot of, I've told this story before, but a lot of people don't know that I didn't really start playing football until eighth, ninth grade. And so I didn't really have that much experience with it. Um, you know, and I remember going out for my freshman team. Um, my, my friends came to my parents' house, asked my parents, could I play? Cause my mom thought I was too small. Right. And so I ended up going out freshman team was, I was on the freshman B team. I was the punt returner and no kick returner and punter at the time. Um, Cause I, I just didn't really know much about the game. Um, we, we had a, a weird event where our, our running back on the JV team broke his leg. I thought about quitting. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm doing out here. I'm just, I'm, I'm a punter for God's sake. Um, so the coach at the time realized, like, hey, this dude's got some decent talent, decent speed. Like, let's bring him up to JV, get him some reps. Um, and then so I remember we were beating Racine Horlick at the time. I went in the second half, took one toss to the sideline, like 90 yards. And then at that point, they're like, well, I guess you're going to be playing football. So, um, you know, football's fun when that happens. It, it, it's, football's it's a lot of fun. fun. At first, I was like, man, this is. This is easy, man. The guys are blocking from the corner. Like, don't get hit. Perfect. So then, I mean, I, I ended up starting the next three years, you know, at running back and um, had a pretty successful career at Creek and football and track. So, um, but were you were, were, before that, as you're moving around, are, I mean, you you realized you're a fast kid. Were you on the track team? Were you playing basketball? Like, was there was something else I, you were doing? I, I, I loved basketball. I wanted to be a basketball player. Of course, I stopped growing. <laughs> probably at a certain point where I was like, ah, I'm, uh, there's not too many five, nine and a half point guards playing. So, um, but football was pretty natural to me, played basketball, didn't run track until middle school. So it was something that was, uh, well, that was, I was good at, but I enjoyed. 
And so that's kind of something that I gravitated to towards in my high school career. And then at that point, I kind of knew that I wanted to do both in college. Dude, that's crazy. All right. So you started as eighth grader. So we, so when you are, you're, you're being super successful in high school, who's coming knocking on, on the Calhoun's doors? Like, like Colorado obviously had to be part of that was right. Wisconsin part and who else was there? Um, so pretty much the entire big 10, um, you know, at the time Nebraska was in the big 12, they recruited me pretty hard. Um, uh, you know, the big 12, Kansas state, Kansas, those type of teams. I really enjoyed Colorado. Well, number one, one of my PE teachers at the time was a Colorado alum. So he was constantly in my ear, and I didn't know much about Colorado. But then, you know, currently now the, the Kansas City offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy was my running back coach at Colorado. So, you know, I got talking to him, and it's like, of course, why would I want to play for a guy that played in the NFL? Um, he's a great coach, has a great reputation. Why wouldn't I want to learn from that? So that was kind of the draw. Uh, Wisconsin was in the mix, but honestly, you know, not really being a, a home state kid. It, I mean, like the weight yeah. of the weight and reputation of Wisconsin didn't resonate with me like it would if a kid that grew up, you know, red and white. So, um, I, I still remember the day it was right before sign day. I was still pretty undecided. Um, I was actually really close to committing to Purdue at the time. Um, and Tiller was the head coach at Purdue. Um, but Coach Alvarez came to high school, sat in, sat in the uh, coach's office. You know, he sits down, crosses his leg on. He's got these penny loafers on, <laughs> right? He puts his hand up with the with his Rose Bowl rings, and he's like, hey, so you come to Wisconsin or what? <laughs> and so it was just a funny moment because, like, you know, Coach Alvarez is like that guy, right? Like, he carries a lot of weight, and I didn't understand that at the time. Um, and But I, that weekend I took a visit to, to Colorado, and I pretty much committed – um, pretty much on the spot, but I will say this though. I, I remember my dad, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go to Colorado. He's like, okay, cool. Then you're going to call all the schools that offered you a scholarship and all the schools that you took a visit to. You're going to call them say that you're committed. You're not just going to ghost anybody. They put time into you. So you're going to pay them respect and, and tell them that you're committed. And, and so I think a lot of coaches, you know, they, they appreciate that. And I think, at the time, there was no hard feelings uh, of me going to Wisconsin. And funny, that year we ended up playing Wisconsin in the Alamo Bowl. That so was, it's, I mean, it's a funny way, funny thing, way of working things out. Are you an Alamo Bowl champ and not an Alamo Bowl champ? Like, how does that work? I am not an <laughs> Alamo, Alamo Bowl champ. By the <laughs> way, um, I, I just got word that Oak Creek fired their um, compl- entire physical education staff. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are promoting other schools. Everyone at Oak Creek has been fired. Oh, the my goodness. Just okay, first of all, it took, it took Wisconsin a field goal to beat Colorado that year. In overtime. In, in overtime. Yeah. So it, it was a good game. It was a good experience. Um, I, Wait, BC, time, you, had, you had a good full, fullback, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Brandon Drum. Really that good guy was fullback. a beast. Um, Chris Brown was a running back. was awesome. He was All-American that year. Um it, it was a cool experience just to, to learn from being to me and then play in that system and play behind those guys. Um, but, you know, as you know, now it's a lot easier to go to bowl games. Back then it was a little bit tougher. So I think going to a bowl game and experience and getting all the gifts, it's, it's a pretty cool experience for if, if you're able to do that. I, yeah, I think it's really cool. Wait, so wait, so go back. So you took five recruiting visits? Yeah, so I I went smart kid. Um, You're a smart kid. <laughs> I went to I went to Purdue, 
Um, I went to Iowa, Colorado. Uh, I went to Tennessee and uh, Nebraska. I think were the five that I took. And I, I've been in Madison a, a couple of times. Honestly. So Wisconsin wasn't even top five. No. There's nothing bad about that. I, I, I find it interesting because Wisconsin wasn't on my radar as you're getting the whole Big Ten, the right. Big 12. Like, dude, right. John Clay, too. John Clay, I, I, I was, people were calling me from everywhere. Dude, right. I was, like, sending videos to Penn State, being like, right. please. And it, it's funny because, like, you know, I didn't start off as uh, a Badger, but it's like now I, I bleed red and white. Oh. Like, I'm, I'm one of the biggest advocates for the university because just how awesome the people are, how awesome the community, the fans are. Um, but it's just funny how things come full circle. And, and I think all everything worked out for the best. And so I got no complaints. And, and honestly, would I do it differently? I don't know. I think I think the recruiting now and the landscape of college football is completely different now than it was in the early 2000s. And, and social media and, and people doing huddle and making their own highlight films, like it's completely different. And so I look back and I'm like, man, maybe a lot of us would have made different decisions based on the information given, right? But we were just trying to do the best we could with what we knew at the time. Right. No social media. You had Google. Dude, I was still looking things up on like in cycle. You still have to put like the, the we, hard drive in. You to, had like, to find go to the library to check out books. <laughs> like, that's what you did. I had to find Wisconsin on a map in a library. <laughs> um, so BC, so you, so you went, so you made the decision to go to Colorado. Yep. I've been there. It's beautiful. Oh my God, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So you get onto campus. We don't really interview a lot of people who, who've been to other campuses and played at a different school. Yep. What's that like? So I would love to hear the comparison of like, you get there. What's it like to be a new person? We talk to every single per, every of our, of our guys, like developmental lifts, like you're in the early lift. It, it's right. tough. you got to grind. I'm assuming it's the same thing because it's, right. it's still an NCAA team. But what's your experience going there? What was your experience playing on that team? And then kind of like, what is it like in comparative to Wisconsin? Yeah, I think at the time, the programs are pretty, pretty similar just because you know, Colorado in the late or well, early 1990s, but late 1990s, early 2000s was a, a pretty big school and pretty big powerhouse on uh, really successful teams. Um, but it's very similar. I think you probably had a similar experience, Bernie, from not being an in-state kid going to an out-of-state school, right? Like I kind of had that vibe of, you know, I'm not from Colorado. I'm from the Midwest, which there's actually quite a few guys from the Midwest. Um, and Coach Barnett at the time was the head coach and he came from Northwestern. Um, but it, it was the same, it's the same, right? I think it's probably majority of the same in a lot of places. You had the developmental lifts. Um, you know, you had different things in the off season in the, in the spring and summertime. But for me, I loved Colorado. I thought the atmosphere was cool. I think uh, Folsom Field is awesome. Ralphie running out of tunnel is is a cool tradition. Um, and just you know, in my dorm room, I'm in bunk beds. You look outside, and there's mountains. Like it's you know, over 300 days of sunshine, like they sell you on all those things, but you go out there and it's like, this is pretty cool. And so it was, uh, is a, it was, I wouldn't say easy decision, but I was pretty satisfied with it. I was there for two years. Um, my first year I played behind Chris Brown, all American Bobby Purify, Marcus Houston was coached by Eric Ben and me. Um, so I, I enjoyed my experience, made a lot of cool friends. Uh, like I said, I probably wouldn't change anything, but after two years, I realized Ben and me ended up taking a job at UCLA. I realized, like, okay, where are we going with this, as a program? 
Um, there was talks about possibly moving me to receiver. And so then I was like, uh, I'm out. And so I, I finished the finished second semester. And at that time, right, there's no transfer portal. Right. So at this time, like you have to pretty much do everything like like secret service style. Right. So I called my head coach at high school, like, hey, I'm thinking about transferring. Just uh, kind of put a feeler out there. So he, he talked to a couple coaches. Madison was one of them. Virginia Tech was another. Um, maybe Tennessee or somebody else. And, and that's how you kind of have to do your business. So I finished out the spring semester and then I came home. So like, I didn't get my release papers. I just came home. Like, I'm not going back there. I'm done. Now it's like, you're in the portal. You can just leave school in the middle of semester. Like it's crazy. crazy. Um, and then, so they didn't want to release me. Right. Cause obviously, you know, thinking they didn't want to lose any more players. Um, so I'm at home, I'm working a summer job. They finally released me about, I don't know, a month before training camp two or not a month, about a week before training camp. Uh, I, go, I get up to Madison, talk with coach Alvarez, me and my parents go up there. I go, Hey, it's no hard feelings. I want to be a badger. You know, everything was all good. So it, it was a pretty crazy um, experience um, just because there was no such thing as a portal, but uh, I'm happy the way things worked out. And then obviously, and then a week later you're at the seminary. Years. Oh, the seminary, man. <laughs> I didn't tell you that. I, I don't know if I've ever experienced anything like the seminary. You can't. And here's the thing. I enjoyed the experience of the seminary. Like to me, that's a true camp, right? You're off, you're off site. You're, you're bonding with um, your brothers. We had the, our lockers locker or locker room was in the gym. There's so a fold out chair. Like, it basically was, Number one, two, three, all the way around the gym with a folded chair. Your, I think your jersey hung up on the chair. Like it and a was, bag, a big duffel bag of it, your it stuff. Was, it was about as it was disgusting. It was ghetto. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> it was tough, but I appreciate it because it had that old school mindset, that blue collar mindset. Uh, I mean, we we lifted weights in the courtyard, right? Iron weights. Like I, I just, it was a different mentality, and I think. Um, that's why Wisconsin is so successful because of that that blue collar workman like mentality and and so I, I love the seminary man it was it was awesome. Dude, you are drugs, man. The seminary. I listen. I the seminary. I was only there for one year. You guys exactly. Did. You had one. I think I did four. Four. Well, yeah, you're because I redshirted. Different. Yeah, but the but every year it got better because the NCAA kept changing the rules. Right. But that first two years, I think, was like. You could do two. You were doing double, double, single, double, double. So double on on Monday, double on Tuesday. Single on Wednesday was like from like seven in the morning, seven thirty in the morning to like noon. Well, like unrelentless it was practice. Single, but not really a single. It was like a triple. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that was that, when that, you. That was the old school. Old school. Unlimited double days. It's like man. And that was when you could restart the num the the periods because we used to have a period clock to know where we were and it was five minutes. Barry Barry at some point is like I don't like how practice is going. Start it over and be like we're at ten, period ten. You're like you, that's a hundred percent illegal. There's no one from the NCAA there with like saying like oh coach I think that's a little out of line. It's like all right start over. We're like. All right, back into stretch lines. It didn't happen all the time, but it happened a few times. Oh, You're like, man. the guy would pause it for special teams, and I'm like, Dad, this I'm, there's I'm no one to tell sure you. There's times you look over and it's like that clock hasn't moved in ten minutes for for right for twenty five <laughs> minutes. Um, but it's interesting you like the seminary because 
but you also came in as an as as an upper class when yes you were still new right it was like i, I think uh, the experience is different when you're a true freshman right where you don't know what's going on you're kind of your head's kind of on a swivel whereas like i've already been through two camps and two camps where it was unlimited double days unlimited pads like right so i, I had a different mentality i was just trying to to not sink based on learning new offense learning the guys and that type of stuff but I, I I just like like don't get me wrong the seminary sucked but I like the idea of going away off campus no distractions all you're doing is all you're doing is basically eating and sleeping football like, like I like that idea um, but the seminary as a whole stunk it, yes okay that's my experience too I yes. love you know the football guys are my they're all my best friends so you're basically saying go be at a, it's basically sleepaway camp. With yeah. all your best friends that yeah. have to be there, no one else can come. There's no like girls. There's no you know professors. There's nobody there but the the training staff and your best friends. And you're playing football now. Practice running power thirty times a day. Think about it. It's not good for you. No. But then you know, like you just get into the groove, and it is it is a memorable. Like anyone who's done it, it's a memorable experience. People who haven't done it who who now play. It, they'll just never know. You'll just never know. Like I drive by that place. Cause at, my wife is kind of lives out there. I drive by and I'm like, ah! like I won't even turn in to go look at it. Like I drive by it quickly. It was a different experience, but <laughs> so I think that, but, that experience molded a lot of really great teams. And I think that's, that was part of the fabric at the time of, of Wisconsin football. So, but so what put Wisconsin back on the radar? As far as, when when you're looking at transfer, you're back at home. But like Honestly, my, that's a hundred percent my mom. She said you're not going back out of state, so you're going to Wisconsin. Yeah, your mom. She's great. That's so great. That was literally like a two minute conversation, and so I enrolled at Wisconsin. It's pretty pretty cut and dry. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for—to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to make sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter what the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what's your because we we've had we've talked about Coach White a little bit on the show, one of my favorite people in the world. What is your so you you were dealing with most mostly Coach Alvarez calling and, and talking. What's your first experience with Coach Brian White, CB Dub? So so recruiting me out of high school is mainly Tim Davis, if you remember Tim Davis. Yeah. Uh and then Brian White, and then obviously later in the game it was it was Coach Alvarez. Um, I, I love Brian White, man. Like, he was the best. Um, and I think 
Hey, I don't know if Bernie's even told you about some of our meetings we had with just the running backs, like completely epic type of meetings, just because of the the way he spoke, um, the way he wanted certain guys to answer certain questions, um, the way he had no idea what was going on behind him. Like I remember being at camp and he had this big jar of, of uh, bubble gum and guys would chew gum, chew gum, and then like start throwing at guys and he would have no idea. But it was just the way he talked, the way like he he was awesome. Um, but he also just let you be you. And and for me, like I, I was only with him for two years, but he didn't he didn't overcoach me. He didn't, he just said, Hey man, let your natural ability take over. Um, and so I, I learned a lot of football from him and, and Paul just because they just let me be the player that I was capable of. But man, Coach White, and I to this day I still talk to him every randomly, but it's it's he he's one of my all-time faves, man. He's he's pretty awesome. But I mean, give us some stories. Cause I, I we got him. You know, so, so Darren Jones asked me, like, what did he used to say to you that was ridiculous? And he was like, Don't don't be a pop tart. Stop being a pop tart, Bernie. You know, and then you joke about it everywhere you go. It's like, oh, look at this pop tart. Having nothing to do with anything. It was just like this, you just stood up and, and, oh, and so that that don't be a robot. Oh man. The guy I... used to just do funny things. I think, but, oh, I think, go ahead. You, you remember when we used to do the cut drill and <laughs> everyone sucked at no one? He's like, no, nah, but no, nah, that was a terrible drill. AD, show me. No, nah, AD, that's bad too. Like nobody could cut anyone the proper way he wanted us. First of all, I hated doing that drill, basically jumping on the ground. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, and it's just the way he talked. He was always like, hey, BC, get the hole. Come on, guy, you gotta, hey, slow to fast through. And it'd be like, uh, okay, Coach White, like, I get it, man. I get, I get it. Don't get hit. I get it. Like, <laughs> oh man, Coach White, he was he was good for one liners. I man, I had to think like some of those meetings, especially in 04 with AD and you and uh, Greg Root, and it was just it was a good room to be a part of. Um, Presley was Presley and Rent Meester were freshmen that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamil was a freshman that year. Um, you sat you at Booker. Booker that year. Dwayne Smith started off with this in 04. Yeah. Like it, it was a it was a pretty cool room to be around. Yes. And and Coach White was cool, but he really was like so into everything going on in the screen that you could you could really sometimes you turn the lights on, like dudes had their shirts off. You're like, what, what are you guys doing? You're like, it's just hot in here. Like he had no clue what was going on. I, I do. Here's what I loved about. I mean, I used to I used to take my shirt off when I was sweating, and dudes would be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just sweating here because because it's a small room with 20 guys or yeah. you know 12 guys." But I used to love about Coach White is he used to make you respect every dude that walked into that room. Yeah. Like guys, like high school modified coaches would come in, and he's like, "Bernie, get up and shake his hand and look him in the eyes. Yeah. Tell him your name." Yeah. And I'd be like, "Hey, Matt Bernstein. You know, nice to meet you." And I, I think that you know, like. As much as we joke and as much as like, you know, there's some ridiculous things Coach White said, I do value that, you know, he was teaching at, at least that little thing of being proper with people. Right, right. And remember, he always used to have us over at the house because he's a big griller. Um, and so I think he always went the extra mile to make sure everybody felt comfortable. And also, like, we didn't have to be best friends, but, you know, we were all pretty close. And I think he did a pretty good job of just letting us be ourselves, but also spending time together. So it was uh, Coach White. He's one of a kind. And so I'll tell you a funny story. And I, I'm sure he might have told you this. 
uh, you know, he's like, uh, he would always say, you guys can drink whatever you want in the fridge, but nothing, no, nothing alcoholic. And I used to be like, Coach White, why, why do you say that every day? Like, go into the fridge, grab everyone, just no beers. And he would say it over and over and over again. I One time I was like, Coach White, I, why do you constantly keep saying that? Like, we're at your house and we're, we're not going to drink it. He's like, dude. He's like, Ron Dane came over one year as a freshman with all the guys. He He's like, go downstairs, drink whatever you want in, in the fridge. He comes down like 20 minutes later and they drank all the beer, all the running backs. He's like, I, I thought I was going to get fired immediately. <laughs> And I was like, that's a great story. Yeah. But he would always make that like the, the one pound burgers. He'd make you bring oh, yeah. them home. Oh, yeah. Because you you weren't really allowed to get anything special. So Coach White, they would just cook for you. And he's like, all right, take them home. And he's like, you can give them to your, you know, your, your all the guys on the team. So he'd make like 100 burgers. You just yeah. take them. Yeah. It was delicious. But that dude is that I, we need to do like a round table, you, me, Greg and AD, because Greg and AD remember everything mm-hmm. from Coach White. Yeah, we did a man did a Zoom call with them. I was on it. Oh yeah, that's right. When was, <laughs> when was that? That was, uh, was that last year on this time. That was last year. Isn't that crazy? I don't even know where time's going. No, I saw Greg a couple weeks ago. He's just a cool dude. Still like funny as ever and just awesome. Good. Yeah. All right, BC, let's get back to you. We can talk about I got I guess we should get Coach White on if, if we had a round table with Coach White. We we I, got that one. Considering everything that you and A D and like all you guys have talked about Coach White, like I I need to have this guy on the podcast. He's so influential, you know, like he I actually thought, you know, BC, you weren't here. When I showed up, dude, I was terrible. Like hitting like a you know, wing T, like trying to shoulder up people. Coach White's like, dude, what the hell? He's like, you know, he's like, you know, always hit, you know, see what you're hitting, hit, you know, control, uh, drive the car with your fists or whatever. And I was like, man, I don't know it. I'm like, don't even know who to block out here. And and it took Coach White and me like a year to figure it out. And then once we started, like, I started getting the groove. Everything he said to me made sense, but it yeah. just took a long. I think that was my issue with Detroit. It was like they gave you a binder. You and I were sitting in the in the hotel, like the biggest binder ever. Yeah. And I'm like, man, no one's telling me really what to do. Yeah, you had to figure it out on your own. You had to figure it out. And I was like, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, there's a hundred shifts here. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Who is the the offense coordinator was doing a lot? Uh, and, Mike Martz. Dude, I yeah. sat in those meetings. And he was also MF and like 10-year pro like pro guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, was like, was, I gotta I gotta get out of here. That was yeah, it was it was wild. Um but no, I thought I thought I thought Coach White did a good job of really teaching the game, right? And and teaching the fundamentals. But once you have the fundamentals down, like teaching the why behind plays and concepts, I think him and him and Paul did a really good job of like the the concept of the play is it's just not just power to the right. It's a concept of, and I think a lot of us knew like you got to kind of know what the line's doing, kind of got to know what the receivers doing, you got to know what everybody's doing, so you can effectively execute the play, right? And so. I think that's what Coach White did a really good job of, and and he's for sure one you know the best coaches I've one of the best coaches I've had. So, so dude, so you redshirt, you're on the scout team. Oh, my you God. must have been tearing it up at down there. It was, you know, what, what, I, what, what, I, was OD your scout team quarterback? He was not. So at the no, time, OD was OD a tight end. Had he yeah. already moved to tight end at that time? Yeah, he already yeah. moved to tight end. Uh, so, okay. you know who the scout team quarterback was? Was it Stock? 
It was Sean Lewis. Which Interesting. Is now, the, now the head coach at Kent State, right? Yes. Uh, oh, he's uh, he's going to be coming on the show uh, next month, I think. Actually, yes. So. It was. It was. Um. It was, who it was, was that team? And Tyler Donovan. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and maybe Sean Lewis maybe have, has moved to tight end at the time, but I'm not sure. But uh, you know, it, at first I didn't know how to take scout team because I was just trying to fit in, right? I'm on a new club and trying to. But then at some point, I realized that it was an opportunity for get to me to get better, opportunity for me to to work on my skills and my craft and. And I, I did just that, right? I'm playing against 40 linemen and I'm playing in the NFL, um, playing against Jimmy, playing against some really good guys on defense. So I think that year um, helped me become the player that I became. But also, like, I I tried to take almost every rep because I knew, like, this is, this is what I have to do. This is what it takes. And I think um, doing that gave me the mindset, like, even in 05, like, I rarely came out of the game. Cause I refuse to, right. Cause I, I want, like, I just sat for a full year. So I wanted the opportunity to prove mine to myself, but to the coaches, to my teammates that I could do it. So I really came out of the game. And I, I think that was just a mindset that I had. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was tough though. There's times where it's like, I couldn't even, you know, obviously couldn't dress up on the sideline, couldn't travel to away games, couldn't go to the bowl game. Right. Which is, which these are ridiculous rules now. Well, you couldn't go to the bowl game. No. Because you know why I remember that? Because you guys went to the Outback Bowl, Outback Bowl and you guys got the, the very first generation iPods. The very first generation. Um, that was my iPod for like 10 years. Right? It so, like, never died. I, I remember that. Those things were bricks. Bricks. <laughs> like, you can, you can go smash a car window with those things. Right? Like, <laughs> uh, and I just remember it, it kind of sucked because it was tough because it's like, you know, I'm not really – I'm putting in all the work, but I wasn't really included, so to speak. Um, but that just gave me fuel to fire, and, and you know, I ran track that spring, which was great. And then, you know, that summer was – I think it was a great summer, um, workout-wise and, and doing the stadium stairs and some of that stuff. I mean, it was a great summer, and I think um, come fall we were ready to go, even though we were pretty underrated. We, we weren't ranked to start the season, so um, – it was, it was, it turned out to be a good year. Turned out to be, turned out to be one of the best life lessons I had, you know, throughout my, my, my life at this point. So dude, we, we played what Bowling Green. That was your first game. Yep. That was like your coming out though. Like, yes. Um, 43 carries, 258 yards. There we go. There we go. Five, um, touch, five touchdowns, and, and which, tied, which tied Anthony Davis's single game record in your first game. Trust me, I remember this vividly because I was sitting in the stands and I was five touchdowns. I had won that game too. We killed that. Team. I was I was sitting in the first row of section P and I remember it very well. Wow. Well, and and there are some cuts that I missed, and because you know I haven't played a live game in a couple of years, so it was a cuts couple couple cuts I missed. Um, but I remember, Bernie, if you remember this, we were down 14 nothing like that because they had Omar Jacobs that year. He, he was, he was legit. He was and legit. I was just like, oh, boy. And then we just kind of stuck to our game plan. But, man, that was a cool game. It was cool to be in Camp Randall. I mean, I don't think – and I played in a bunch of stadiums. There's nothing quite like Camp Randall when it's rocking. 
What makes it special? Because, I mean, you, you know, you've played in a ton of places having your time at Colorado Plus at Wisconsin. Like, what makes Camp Randall unique? Like you said, like Folsom Field is awesome. I'm sure you played at Nebraska while you were there. I don't know if you got to play in, you know, at at Oklahoma, at Texas, like all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I I got a chance to play um, at Nebraska, which has some similarities to Camp Randall, but it ain't the same. Uh, Oklahoma. my sophomore year at Colorado, we did a non-conference game at Florida State. Oh. Like I've, I've gotten to play at some cool places. I, I think Camp Reynolds, just from the the crowd engagement, the 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 fan interaction, there's a diehard, no matter good or bad, um, commitment that fans have. I mean, I remember one of the – I think it was the first game. You know, we're, in, we're staying in a hotel. We're getting the bus coming down by the stadium. And you're, and you know, it's an 11 o'clock game, which we ne- we loved 11 o'clock games, but we hated them. 11, because number one, it gets done early, so you have the rest of it even to yourself. But number two, it's like wake up was like six or 6 30. Like it was early. Um, but you know, you're coming down the street next to the game at, you know, 7 8 o'clock. And it's like streets are filled, houses are filled. Like it, it, it was something that I've never seen before. And I'm like, man. They really love their football here. And then just to hear the hear the crowd, like, it's different, right? Like, I've been to Michigan. It's not loud like that at Michigan, right? There's very few places where it's loud like that. Um, so it, it's just a special place. I, I I love being there. Even now as a fan, it's, it's just nothing like it. So um, it's for sure one of the better places that I've played. When you showed up, who's, who was your roommate? Who did they put you with? <laughs> First roommate was booker at one point i go hey because you know like booker like to stay up later be on the phone i'm like book man yo mm -mm. like i need my sleep like no 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 no." so then it ended up being me and jamil towards the end of the season um and and because here's the thing i knew because i like i knew like I was going to get the rock. I knew that was the type of game it was going to be. So I was like, hey, I need all the sleep I get because if they're going to feed me 40 times again, I need to get my rest. So, um, yeah, it ended up being me and Jamil for most of the season. But That was on Friday nights. But who is who are your roommates when you were there? Oh, roommates when I was there. So the first summer when I was there, um, it was um, Joel Nellis, Jason Palermo. Actually, check that. My first roommate was Tyler Donovan. We, we stayed at the Regent. And the reason why I got put with the Regent, because that's where all the second-year players went, either red shirts or true sophomores. But since I was a transfer, they just put me with them. So Tyler Donovan. So it was really cool. The Regent had – we had the second four, one wing, and it was like me and Tyler. It was Steve Johnson, Standerine, Joe Thomas. Um, we had this entire corner. So it was like eight or nine of us rooms of all football players. So, like, after a game, doors are open, music's playing, like – like, that's the stuff that makes, I think, Madison special because we didn't have that at Colorado, right? It wasn't like that. Um, so that was something that was really cool. That is weird. And then who are you, who are you your last year roommate? My last year was me, OD, uh, right. Joel Nellis, Jason Palermo, and Matt Lawrence. That's right. At La Ciel? Yeah. Dude, I went – okay, so Matt Lawrence is one wow. of my favorite people. He's from Delaware. He's a little bit of a redneck. <laughs> but in the nicest kid, like one of the nicest kids you ever meet. I remember going up there and hanging out, sitting with this kid watching NASCAR because he was yeah. a NASCAR guy. 
and drinking Bud Lights. Yeah. No, but Bush Lights. Sorry, don't, sorry, Matt Lawrence. Those are like those are like back in now somehow. Somehow, but they weren't in. I remember you know, NASCAR to me is you driving in a circle. If you like NASCAR, I, I'm all for it. But to me, I'm like can't be that fun. I fall asleep. He's drinking some beers. I wake up. He drank the whole 24 pack. Mm-hmm. And all I was the like, cans are right Lawrence. next to the seat. Yeah. Cans are right next to the seat on the, t- on the table. And he's like, what's up, Bird? He fell asleep for like a couple hours. And I was like, dude, a, what do you mean? Like an hour, to an hour and 15 minutes? Like you just drank 20 beers? He's like, yeah, it's Bush, it's like, it's Bush Light. I was like, dude, <laughs> I love you, Matt Lawrence. You're my spirit animal. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's so funny. He's a funny. He, he's so funny. All right, so so let's let's get into it. I know we're 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 got like 15, 20 minutes left, dude. So you dominate your time at Wisconsin. Dominate, dominate. You should have won the Heisman. You're, it's my fault. I got hurt. I know. You've been telling me that for twenty years, oh, which man. I'm actually very sad about. As I think about like my time, I'm like, man. BC might have been. You might have been that guy. You never know what's going to happen. But dude, you. You had 500 yards receiving. Like, that was not normal at the time. So I was like, man, this guy is dominating. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, at the time, I mean, I look back at the time, right? I think that I was the second player ever to have 1,500 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving a season, right? Since like 1991 or something like that. And so that's something I hang my hat on because, you know, a lot of people ever have done that. Um, but that's a testament to, you know, the, the guys we had around me, Brandon Williams was all American that year and was a phenomenal player. Um, obviously OD goes on and gets drafted in the in fourth round or fifth round and ends up winning the Super Bowl. So, um, we had tremendous players that year, but honestly, I was really torn about, um, leaving that year or coming back. And so I, part of me was pretty devastated about coach Alvarez's retiring. To be honest, um, I kind of didn't want to play for anybody else, quite frankly. And so that that weighed partly my decision. Um, I also knew that running back's careers are only about three to three, three and a half years. So might as well try to use that to my advantage at the time. Um, and so I, I tried to make the best decision possible. And quite frankly, I didn't know how good we were going to be the next year, right? Like, um, we're replacing three offensive linemen. Joey T just came off of ACL. Um, most of our half our defense was gone. Like I didn't know how we we're going to be. So, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. They go twelve and one that year. Pretty sure we wouldn't lose to Michigan that year if if I was playing. So, there's three years. Like you know, oh four if I played, probably probably would have been you know eleven and one or whatever. And then the next year they go twelve and one. And so you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Look back and like, yeah, sure. But it would have been real crappy if I would have played one game and tore my ACL, right? Like, and so, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for even having an opportunity to get drafted. Uh, was Detroit a place I wanted to go? No, but you know, but you I, went with me. But but who <laughs> am I to say? Like, you know, there's guys that wish to get drafted no matter where they go, and so I'm thankful for the opportunity. And I played with like it was cool for Burn to, to sign it, but. You know, my second year, you know, drafting Calvin Johnson and, be, and being able to be his teammate for a few years and becoming good friends with him and and a bunch of guys that play with John Kitna and obviously Darren Wowski was a really good friend of mine. He's now big time on ESPN. So it's so I'm I'm thankful for the time. Wish I wish it would have went better. 
Sure. I wish I didn't blow out my knee halfway through my rookie year. Sure. Uh, but I, I can't be naive to think that I'm not um, in a small, rare group that was able to get drafted and, and stick around for a few years. So you were one of the first guys from Wisconsin that I can remember that left early. Um, and we, we just had Leo Chanel on the show. Uh, you know, uh, less than a week ago as we yeah. record this. And he just declared early. And mm-hmm. one of the things that he said, he's like, you know, like it's, you know, the time is now. And like you said, like there's a limited window in which you can make the money. Now, nowadays it's way more common for guys right. to, you know, leave early when they still have eligibility left. But you said it was a lot because of, you know, Barry was retiring and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, you still got drafted, what, 74th overall, something like yep. that? Yeah. Top, yeah, top 75 pick. What was your pre-draft process like? Now, we knew we all know that you didn't have to worry about speed. I mean, you're one of the fastest guys to ever come through Wisconsin. Yep. I think what you, Demi Amali, and a couple other guys, I think still have the fastest four-by-one in, yep. in, in school history. Second fastest. Second fastest. Uh, Michael Bennett was on the group that has the school record. We were very close, though. I think it was only... Um, three or four tenths off. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the process was one. Well, okay. One thing I think that the NCAA, or I think it's the NFL should look at is they don't give you much time after the bowl game to make a decision. Um, so they're kind of banking on people kind of have an idea that they only give you about 10 days. Um, and so thinking about it, that's probably not a lot. And I was pretty, pretty undecided up until I, I did like a, kind of a mini press conference saying that I was leaving. I was pretty undecided. But for me, it was just um, thinking about, well, now I got to train. I got to just play, you know, 13 game season. Now I got to train, got to get ready for the combine. Um, and at the at that time in 05, the draft was rounds one through three was all one day. Uh-huh. Right. It's different now. So, like, you know, I, I think I went through the process. I did did okay the combine, not great. The combine is is an Dude. environment that it's not. It's a tough. You guys were there together. You guys, were, I know you, you guys were there together. You see, remember who was in between us? Um, it was uh, who was it? It was one of the best to ever do it. They took his Heisman Trophy away from him oh, that yeah, year. That's right. Dude, that's I look back right. and I'm like, Yo, BC, what's up? And it's Reggie Bush is yeah, right, and I'm right. like. Oh my God, that's you know, like I was starstruck. That's right. Because Bush they, is right here. When you do the drills at the combine, everything's in alphabetical order. They just group um, all the fullbacks with everyone. Yeah, it's no yeah, difference. Yeah. Bernstein yeah. Bush came Do we yeah. also had remember we were walking through like that area with just our, our rugs, our spandex on? Like when to go up on stage and stand there so they could like look at you in the meat market. Market, right? Like it's it's, <laughs> it's such a wild. Right, like, so you're gonna draft a guy because he has a six pack compared to not. Like, it's just, it's a wild process. I tell you what, though, BC, I'm so grateful you were there because it is, it's like showing up to the to, to the to the seminary day one your freshman year. It's like they just put you through the ringer, and they pretty, they like are trying to get game. people to crumble, and it's just a hard. You don't get it, like. To do the bench, like some guys, they do it all day. I had to do a piss test at like six thirty. I didn't fill the jar up enough. So I was there for another 15, 20 minutes. I filled the jar up and then they're like, okay, dude, you're up on the bench. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Uh, can I get breakfast first? They're like, no, you're up on the bench right now. And I did like 10 push-ups and jumped on this bench in, in a stadium seating with all these NFL coaches. Like, 
I was like, this is, and I did not do, I did 21, which at Wisconsin, I could probably do like 25 plus at least, maybe even 30. You know, like in a day with like JD is like, I could just rip them. Yeah. But I was exhausted. You're sitting in this place. And I just remember yeah. being like, yo, BC, how, this sucks, man. You, you were, I, we were just laughing about it. The, the process sucks because it's like a, a hurry up and wait thing, right? Like, all right, we're going to get ready to bench. And then you wait for an hour. Then it's like, all right, you guys got 10 minutes warm for the 40. I'm like, what? Right? Like, it, it was just, it's, it's, it, right. It, it's kind of designed to, to get you rattled to see who can perform. So I, I did okay in some tests. I did much better the pro day. Um, and so, you know, I took a couple to uh, team visits. So I, I had no idea. Um, unfortunately for me, that draft class of running backs was stacked, right? Like, so you had Reggie Bush go second overall. You had Joseph Adai go in the first, excuse me. You had uh, Lawrence Maroney and D'Angelo Williams go somewhere in the teens. You had Joseph Adai go in the first round to the Colts, which I was kind of slotted at somewhere between first and third. Um, Lindell White and Morris Jones Drew go in the second round, and then I go in the third. Um, Jarius Norwood and Leon Washington go in the fifth. Like it was a stacked class of running backs, so it it, it just the way the the cookie crumbled that year, and it was just a, a really deep class. And um, yeah, I mean that process sucked though. I'm not gonna, I mean, it's just it was tough, right? It was just play 13 games. You got six weeks to get ready for this combine. Um, and, you know, you just didn't really feel comfortable throughout the process. And so maybe if I did better in some tests, maybe I would get drafted higher. Who knows? Um, but I'm, I'm just fortunate to even get drafted. So, Yeah, I mean, there, there were a ton of, like like you said, like great backs players. I think there were five Badgers drafted that year as well. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, and, you know, should have been six. Bernie definitely should have been drafted. Um, but so you make it into the league. You're a third-round pick. And, you know, there were, you know, obviously some expectations coming in when you're a third round pick, you're still expected to contribute, um, but also probably do some special teams. Now, now, did you do special teams your rookie year? Were you, were you asked to be on like punk coverage, <laughs> kickoff coverage? I, I did. And so funny story, very first day of um, rookie mini camp, we're after practice and the punter is, um, kicking punts. And so I, I've, I've caught punts and kicked returns before, but you know, first day I'm, I'm nervous, right? Like, Holy cow. I haven't caught a punt in over a year. So the kicker booms one 50 yards. Everybody's out there watching all the scouts, all the coaches, and I'm tracking, I'm tracking. And there's a couple guys out there. It freaking hits me in the helmet. Boom. And bounces up. And I'm like, Oh crap. Like, they're probably thinking we just wasted the third round pick on this guy who came and catch kicks. Oh man. So, I mean, but I, I played gunner. I played, um, you know, personal protector. It, it was a change, but I kind of knew like I, if I wanted to, to play a long time and wanted to make the team, I have to be special teams, not just on returning kicks. So um, a lot of my time early on in my career was, was on special teams and that's kind of how, you have to make the team, right? That's kind of what um, Daria has done up to this point. Now he's getting a chance to play. And Corey Clements, obviously, getting a chance to play. So if you, if you want to play a long time, you got to obviously contribute on special teams. Want to make some money? How about you invest it in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? What I'm talking about is art. 
Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol without needing millions of dollars. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log in to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. Make sure to see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. You mentioned Dare and Corey. You've obviously kept in touch with the program and a lot of the running backs. What's your you know, relationship like with some of these other guys who came either before or after, you know, we know Bernstein obviously, but you know, some of these guys that came before or after, and you know, do you have a relationship with some of the guys that are on the roster now, whether it's a Braylon Allen or a Julius Davis, or, you know, even Ches Malusi who just transferred in like yourself. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a brotherhood for sure. Um, even if you haven't necessarily met guys in person, um, nowadays with social media, you can obviously it's very easy to to shout out guys or give guy props. But um, you know, obviously, I'm still in touch with Bernie and Anthony Davis and guys that I played with, but also even some some older heads like Terrell Fletcher. Um, you know, you see Ron around, and and then obviously. The guys that came after me, like the the John Clays, the James Whites, the Melvin Gorns, the Corey Clement, like the the long list and the tradition of Wisconsin, and it's really truly remarkable and a brotherhood. And so I was really happy for for Jonathan Taylor, all the success he had at Wisconsin, obviously now with the Colts, and and I'm I'm excited for Braylon Allen, and it's kind of crazy because I look. And the tradition of running backs and offensive linemen at Wisconsin is almost second to none because every year you're like, I don't know who's going to carry it after Jonathan Taylor. And all of a sudden it's like, well, now we've got another guy for three years. And then we got another guy. So it's it's exciting to be, be a part of the, the fraternity and brotherhood. It's, it's something I don't take lightly. And it's, if I can ever give any wisdom back, I would. And I try to be around the program as much as I can, being an in-state kid and, and uh and helping Paul and those guys recruit as much as I can. Like, hey, Wisconsin's a place to go. But um, you know, I just thought of something too. Me leaving early, I think there's only been a handful of guys that have left early. Um Wisconsin think, for sure. I think Michael Bennett was one that left early. Um myself. John Clay uh, left early. He had a year. Did he had PJ year. leave early. PJ left a year early. John Clay left a PJ, year early. PJ John. I know, obviously, um, JJ left a year early. Yep, Jonathan um, Taylor. And then Taylor. And then so there's only been, you know, maybe 10 guys in the Nick last. N- uh, yeah, Nick years. Nelson left so a year there early. There hasn't been yeah, a bunch a of guys. guys. And, yeah. and so I think maybe it was a little bit different then. But nowadays, um, if you get a yeah. chance to play. And I also think that's going to contribute to guys aren't going to play in the, in the NFL as long. Right, like sure, you still have those guys like Ben Big Ben and Rodgers and Brady, but I think this new wave of people coming in, they'll play six, eight years and call it quits. You're not gonna see a bunch of guys playing 10, 12, 14, 16 years. I just don't think that's the way it's going. Dude, playing football for 14 more years after I don't know how you can do that. Imagine still playing right now. No. Like I, I saw, I was watching the Packers game, and Mercedes Lewis was in my. It's amazing game. that dude is still playing. And I look at him, I'm like, my body hurts just looking at you because, like, I couldn't imagine playing football right now. Like, there's no way. There's no way. 
Dude, I look at Andrew Whitworth, who at 40 years oh old is gosh. the starting left tackle for the Rams and is right, still as good as they come. Like, and it's there's just never been right. There's never been a lineman play into his 40s, right? Like, has there been a tackle that played? Bruce Matthews, but he played. Oh, yeah, center. Bruce Matthews. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, but yeah, no, but it's the same thing. It's like they're like the only two. It's absolutely, absolutely crazy. So we know we don't have you for a lot more time. So I always got to get guys out of here. I got about five rapid fire questions for you. Sure. sure so. Sure. Biggest physical freak you played with in or against in college and in the pros. And I'm sure in the pros it's Megatron because I can't imagine anyone besides Megatron. Uh, Megatron. Um, biggest, you said? Like just like the physical freak, like however you want to define physical freak. I mean, I think Megatron was awesome. Mike Vick was one of the fastest guys I've ever seen. Um, physically imposing. Sean Taylor. The late Sean Taylor was a Everyone says player. that. Everyone oh, who's my- played against him says that. Um, one of the coolest experiences I got a chance to play against C. Marshall Falk live, uh, Ladanian Thomason in his prime. Like, that's one of the cool experiences I had in Phil. Is like you see guys you grew up watching, like, holy cow, they're really that good. What about out of the, out of the guys you played with at Wisconsin? Who was the biggest physical freak besides Bernie? Chris Presley. Everyone says it. He's the he, reason I got cut from the UW track team. He was so strong. And so powerful, it made no sense. It was scary. It, it was scary. And so, by far, Chris Presley. Chris, hold on. You ever see that movie, Unbreakable? Is that yeah. what it is with oh, yeah. um, Bruce Willis? Um, Bruce yep. Willis? Yep. Dude, Pres was that guy. It's like, all right, let's throw the paint, pan, the, the paint cans on. Okay, he could do it. Let's throw, like, a bag of groceries. It's like... Everything you kept putting on the bar, I feel like they made bigger bars for guys like Chris Presley to put more and more weights. Actually, the weights became heavier because you had to load more on. Like bar was like, just yeah. (laughs) I when I I mean, dude, we would make fun of Chris in the in the in the in the uh, running backs room. Every time he touched the ball, AD would be like a bully back, and every time he get hit, he'd be like, and and Coach White never said anything, but every time he touched the ball. This dude's arms and chest were so big. He held the football here. The the reason he moved is he fumbled all the time because the ball was sticking out so far because his arms and chest were so big. And he's the nicest human being like off the field. He is. And insane. I'm sorry. And so smart. And he's so So, smart. So, so smart. smart. Uh, What's your favorite running play? We ran. I mean, I like power. Like, I always like power because we ran in a bunch of different ways. Either Bernie was pulling, tight end was pulling. Like, we ran a bunch of different ways. Either power or we ran – do you remember Slash, Bernie? No. It was like a counter play where it was counter to the left. I would do some fancy footwork and head to the right. But probably for sure power because it's like you knew it was coming, but you couldn't really stop it. Dude, I feel like you'd be like a handoff guy. Like, an out, it was an outside zone with, with, a, with the tackle pull. Anytime we ran to Joe's side – yeah. I mean, it was like steel. Yeah. Yeah. What offensive lineman was the most off mentally that you played with? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, off mentally. Like, you know, like I, I think Bernie would probably say Rayola. Oh, he has some screws loose in, in the nicest way possible, though, right? Like he was down for the calls, he was always on a team. But you come back to the huddle and be like, hey, man, you good? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you all right, man? Like, 
For sure, for sure, Don Real, which is funny because the next year I get drafted to Detroit. And you play with his brother. And his brother was more nuts than he was. I think his brother was more nuts. His brother came up and he goes, hey, Bernie, watch this. I'm going to get into a fight. I was like, (laughs) all right. (laughs) You're like, I'm just sitting there watching. And Um, lo and behold, nothing happens. He just gets into a fight. Oh, man. Yeah, Donovan for sure. Donovan was, oh, he was a good player. But, yeah, he, which now he's the O-line coach in Nebraska. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. great. Unbelievable. Uh, what's Brian Calhoun's pregame ritual? What do you, what, what's your, what, what are you doing before a game to get yourself mentally and physically ready? I was never a big, like, superstitious pre-ritual guy. Like, sure, like, most of the running backs usually ate together, like breakfast together, and then, some of us like to go out early and do a warm-up. And in college, actually, I don't think I ever went out early. Like, I just kind of, like, like to be in my zone, listen to music, and then go out when we did normal warm-ups. Then I think in pros, kind of got in the ritual, like, go out, do your kind of dynamic warm-up, and then go. But I wasn't a big ritual, superstitious type of guy. So I was I was pretty, like, just let's just play. What's in your headphones? What are you listening to? A lot of Jay-Z at the time. Uh a lot of Kanye before Kanye went a little cuckoo, right? Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was good. All right. Finally, uh, favorite camp Randall moment. Oh man. Ah, favorite camp Randall moment. Uh, I mean, I think Bowling Green was cool. Like that whole game was, cause that was the first game, but I don't think anything tops the Michigan game. Um, and in the second half, it was back and forth for a while. We go up. Um, but it was really cool that last drive. I mean, I think it was literally like run right, run left, pass right, pass left. Like, it was literally, I think that drive, I, I must have touched the ball six or seven times. Um, but I wasn't coming out, and I was just going to get the job done. So, that I mean, under the lights, it, it, under the lights, and, and it's a, a good play in Camp Randall. I mean, it goes nuts. And I think I remember when – when Paul called that play and John went in, it was just like you couldn't even hear like Bernie saying anything, and he's right there. How how nuts it was, and so Michigan for sure, two thousand five. Love it, absolutely love it. VC, you you got any funny like wild stories? <laughs> you you didn't, prep, you didn't prep me for this. I, yeah, I know. It's, like, hey, I, I, have to, I have to go back in my memory bank. That's. Burn. That's almost twenty years. That's twenty, almost twenty Dude, years ago. We're old. Sadly, I completely actually know that it, it's. Dude, I, when I got to camp, it was twenty-one years ago when I got to campus as an eighteen-year-old. Like, I feel like I could still play football, but then I look at like a guy like Leo Chanel's arms, and I'm like, nope, I don't ever want to step on the field against that guy. But against Leo. But how good was that? How good is that dude? And when I was eighteen, I would have said like, I'm gonna kill this guy. How nuts am I? Like, I just think also our mentals have grown as as we get older. We're like, hold up. I'm not as unbreakable and, and as uh, you, psychotic. You the situation <laughs> and you decide whether this is a good idea, bad idea, right? Like, I'm going to say I never assessed any situation in college. But I, but I will say this. Some of them. but As good as Jimmy's defense been and their defenses have been since 2015 when Paul got back there. I think that offense we had in 2005 could have played against any of those, right? There's no reason, like, we matched up well against any of them. Um, and so, like, that 2005, until Russell Wilson came, that was one of the best offenses they've had. So I, I think that, that offense we had 
could have matched up against any of the defense that we've had recently. Okay, last question for you. Braylon Allen, he is a monster truck. Mm -hmm. What what advice would you give him right now coming off of like an absurd season? What would you what would you say to him? I think I would tell him to continue to work on being a full-time back, as in like a three-down back, right? Like we all know you can run the ball. I think they didn't really feature him much in the past game and then being a blocker, right? Like if you if you want to play the next level and if you want to to take your game to the next level, like you literally have to be a three-down back. Like I refuse to come off the field. And the reason why I say that is because I remember playing for a coach in Detroit. Um, actually, no, it was Bienemy my freshman year. He was like, dude, if you break a long run, you better score. Because guess what? I'm bringing the next guy in because he's the goal line back. And so for me, I'm like, I'm scoring. So every time I try to break, I'm scoring. He's like, hey, you better be able to pass protect. Otherwise, you got to come off the field in third down. So it's like you got to become the, the full back, the full package. And that's where you start taking the next level because, therefore, a defense can't key on you because if you're off the field, you know it's third down. But if you're in the game, if you're in the game, then you can be a triple threat. So I don't know if you heard. He's, he just turned 18. I, I Well, everybody went crazy because he's like, he's just 17. He's like, okay, we get it. He's 17. <laughs> it's, it's so – I actually think it – I love it because it's basically the Jake Ferguson-like virus of – Oh, do you use Barry Alvarez's grandson? And and it was said by every single person. It's like, dude, do you guys get another key point to, to say during a game? Have you listened to any other broadcast well, now for it's three years? Be, he's a he's a sophomore who's 18, right? Like it's gonna, it's like just let him let him live. Speaking of broadcaster ticks, do you guys remember Jason Chapel who played for the basketball team? Do you guys oh, know yeah. Jason Chapel? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I don't know how many vocal. He's from uh, New Berlin. Yeah. yeah. So Every single basketball game, they would cut and show, oh, his dad was a two-time All-American at Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. Every single game without fail. And that's where I think it all started with these Badgers. Oh, you know, Jason Chappell's dad is one of like the longest running jokes with me and and my roommates from college. Because I swear to God, every single time they would just, they would have like some like stock footage of his dad, like in short oh, they, shorts. They, playing. Ready. they were ready to yeah, reel. They were, they were ready to roll. <laughs> you know, it was, oh, it, it was something else. But All right, BC, I do have another question for you because you're a big offensive guy. What, what do the Badgers need? Like, what do they need to do? Defense with Jimmy, I, I'm not nervous. I, they can graduate everyone and they'll get a bunch of guys who are going to be great. What do you think the offense needs? What are they missing the most? I think they are missing a little bit of offensive flexibility, just being able to run different sets out of different formations. Um, you know, we shifted a lot when we played 15 years ago, 17 years ago. I, I feel like maybe Paul has gotten away from that a little bit. Um, but just be able to run different sets out of different formations and then being able to move some of those guys on the outside to be run different routes. And I, like, and so when we played, like, B. Will was able to run the inside slot the outside stuff, right? So I think being flexible, and, and maybe for guys like outside looking in, maybe they only did what a lot of those kids can handle. People don't think about that. Like, you only give enough stuff for people to handle. So, therefore, it's easy to be critical, but it's like at some point, I think having offensive flexibility of being able to run out of any set, pass out of any set. Um, I'm not a big RPO guy, but I think it has value in the right situation. Um, and so I just think you need a little more flexibility, but I, I'm, I'm not a big believer in burn the house down because guess what? You know, who burned the house down Florida state hasn't been the same in eight years. 
Uh, Nebraska hasn't been the same since they fired Bo Pelini. Um, Miami hasn't been the same. There's a lot of programs that have a rich tradition. USC has been the same that, that are struggling. And so I'm not ready to burn the house down after eight or nine wins. Like, Sure. Do you want to win a Big Ten championship and go to the playoff? Absolutely. But I don't want to be in the bottom of the barrel like so many schools are because they have not gotten out of that barrel. I just I, I agree with you. I don't want to burn the house down because I actually think Coach Chris coming off of and Matt, we talked about a lot is the shifting and the motioning that we used to do so much oh, of that pre those pre-snap shifts that where he'd come out in one formation and the quarterback says something. And then all of a sudden you got tight ends of fullbacks and receivers running to different sides and it confuses the defense and it, you know, completely puts them on their back heels. And that's mm -hmm. when you get the real advantage. And I also want to bring back the barge formation with seven offensive linemen, you know, a couple tight ends, a couple fullbacks mm -hmm. and tailback. But, you know. I just think people should keep in mind that maybe they only did as much as they can handle. Yeah. You know, that's, I like that because you're not the first person who, who who's mentioned that and as it looks, it makes sense to not do all that stuff. If you can't handle it, then you're only going to make the team worse, not right. better. So, right. it, but it, it looks like they figured it out four, five, six games into the season, and we're and we're you know starting to roll. Uh, they were rolling, and and I love that. So I, dude, I'm the same thing. Flexibility for sure. I think we need a deep threat, and we haven't had that in a while. And I need. Just want uh, who was on our team? Uh, Mason, somebody, something. Mason, dude, he was just fast. He just ran down the field. That was it. He Mason. couldn't catch. Uh, it was unbelievable. They're like, dude, you're just gonna run a seam route. You'll be open. They threw it to him. They, like hit him in the hands, hit him in the helmet, hit him in the hands, and he dropped it in the end zone. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, and he was the so, fastest dude on our team. Yeah, I mean, I, I just. Hold I don't on. want that guy. I, I, I mean, I liked him, but I don't. He's a smart dude. I just yeah. I think the idea of. And he's always been more conservative than aggressive when it comes to playbook and play calling. If he knows the guys can't handle it because he's done sure. that a few times over. Like, remember when Tyler Dobbin played, they didn't run hardly anything because, like, you can only handle so much. Right. It looks completely different with Russell or Scott Tolzien and some of those guys like. And so hopefully year two, all these younger guys are playing, that we should have a better grasp. Plus, remember, they, we just went through – we're still two years into COVID, right? Like, yeah. like it's it's just yeah. weird times, right? So It's very disruptive. Yep. That's what it is. But I, I'm interested to see, you know, there's all these rumors about getting a new quarterback, getting an off, uh, offensive coordinator. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of excited about an offensive coordinator, just fresh eyes. You know, I don't want him to come in and, and start running, you know, the, the Gary Anderson stuff like that wasn't going to work for us. But someone who has the same, let's say, vision of offense that Coach Chris has, but just sees a little ripples here and there. I think we uh -huh. need that. Maybe someone could connect with Graham Mertz a little differently. Like I agree with you 100 percent. You know, like we had what's his name who came in as a G.A. And, and he was a really good, you know, we had Coach White, but then we had um. Who's oh, now Hammock. coaching Hammock? Who's yeah. coaching the NFL somewhere? So it's no, like he's the head coach of Northern Illinois. Oh, yeah. sorry, but he did, and then he came he, right. He's he right. Yeah. But you, you have like a fresh set of eyes just to hear an opinion that's a little different, you know. And I, 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 I like that. But BC, I can't wait to see you at a game. I did not. When that's Jesse, oh, I saw you uh, Barry Alvarez's day. You did see me. <laughs> the only one shotgunning beers before the game. Oh, I, I saw Presley too that day. He came into town. Yeah, yeah. 
BC, you look good, man. I'm just trying to be like you, man. What do you like? Work out six hours a day? <laughs> I, I don't work out at all. Like, I, this is good. You could just see like my my if I had a neck, but like my head down. That's it. I'm glad. I'm glad to see nothing's changed. <laughs> neck, is, neck is still neck is still swollen. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> can't get rid of it. Do a neck machine tomorrow. I'm kidding. Be <laughs> sure to be there 20 minutes early. Oh, at least goodness. I won't do. I won't. I won't even look at a neck machine ever again. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I have a headache now just thinking of putting your face in that machine and like, you know, J- JD didn't care what the weight was. I just put like a ten on. But like, some sometimes like Bot would come over and be like put a twenty five on. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna look like a rhinoceros. Like I look like an idiot. Don't don't put that twenty five on me on me. Uh, BC man, really truly a pleasure. Uh, I, I love. I, I, it's just so funny because when you think like when I think back, not many people know like you and I were we stayed in Detroit together. We went to the combine together. Like we did these like big monumental things together, and it stemmed from being, you know, if you were still in Colorado and we got we came into Detroit, it wouldn't have been the same. Right. Completely different. Yeah. So it's just so cool. And we're still friends today. And like, every time I see you, I'm so excited. So it's, it's just so nice. And, and, and obviously I love that you came on the show. Yeah, dude, one of uh dude, I'm telling you, you'd be 10 years in the pros dominating if you were just 10 years yeah. later. Yeah. My path is my path, Bernie. It's all I, listen. I get it. If I was 30 years earlier, I'd dominate the NFL. <laughs> I'd be the biggest, I'd be bigger than the old lineman. Oh man. <laughs> No, it was, it's, you know, it was, it's a good friendship that's developed over the years, Bernie. We had, you know, it's things that I don't take lightly, man. It's, it's stuff that you value. Like I've, if anything, I value the relationships that I, that I received and formed, you know, at Colorado, Wisconsin, Detroit, like some of the stuff you'll just take forever. And so that's the stuff that, I, that's the stuff that I really miss, right? Like the, the, the X's and O's and actually playing, but I miss the guys and being around the locker room and the stories like that stuff. I mean, it's nice to come back and talk about it because that's the stuff that's going to live on for a while. Dude, for sure. That's why I love doing the show because it's it's all these guys that, like, I love. So, like, I just get to just talk to you. Yeah, man. I appreciate <laughs> and you it's guys cool. me on. And a lot of experiences, I didn't know, like, half the thing about a lot of people because, you know, like, when do you sit in lock and go, like, hey, how'd you get here? How'd you get to Wisconsin? <laughs> Nobody cares. Like, you just signed a piece of paper like everyone else did, and you just ended up with a duffel bag at the region somehow. Oh. <laughs> Someone asks these questions when you're 18, 19, 20. Oh, man. <laughs> well, BC, man, have a good night. We appreciate Thank you. you. Appreciate it, guys. You'll yeah, definitely we, be on when we need, uh, when we go over the RBs, and if we can get that RB circle. And so yeah, we're, 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 we're doing running back round table in the off season for sure. Yeah, you let me know. I'm, you know, I'm there. We got you it. two. We, we got AD. We got, uh, we got clay. Hey, we're, as long as AD's there, I'm there. So say less. I want to get Presley say though. I, I, I really want to get Presley. Oh, we can get man. him. I, I want to get Presley. See if he's still as, as swole as he used to be. Yeah, so. He's a big guy. So, all right. Well, thanks everyone uh, for listening. Brian, thank you. I cannot thank you enough. This was amazing. Appreciate it, man. And until next time on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. 
If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcast. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.